AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The unrest in China is building and the commodity markets are trying to figure out exactly what it might mean to future demand. In the meantime, the bean market chased sellers over to the wheat market, leaving the corn market caught in the middle while livestock futures fell on fears of recession. Live from National French Toast Day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we welcome Tommy Grassafi of Advanced Trading and AgBull Media. Then we'll get chart updates from Kerry Artek of Artek Advisory. Right after the news with Michelle Rook, Jack Scoville of the Price Futures Group will share price action perspective. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right. Thank you very much, Joe. So, Joe, yes. big fan of uh, French toast? Actually, I am. Really? Really? Am. Good for you. Well, that has- yeah. It covers a lot of ag uh, ingredients, I believe. I believe it does. I think you've got a little dairy in there. You've got some eggs in there. You've got wheat in there. You've got maple syrup. Mm-hmm. You've got all kinds of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder just how many farmers it takes to make a single serving of French toast. I don't know, but I thank them all. It, there you go. Well done. Well done. Thank you, Joe. Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. Uh, Tommy Grisafi is going to be standing by here in just a moment. We're going to have a conversation with him. Kerry Artak, as Joe said, coming up at the end of the show as well. And Jack, we'll have our Monday conversation with Mr. Scoville coming up here in just a moment. First, let's bring in Michelle Ruck. Good afternoon, Michelle. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. Not, yeah. Not bad. I'm pretty good. Good. Monday. Good. Yeah, there you go. There you go. This situation in China. Um, what what are the the guys that that you're talking with uh, for your market reports? What do, what do they make of it? Well, I've gotten kind of mixed reaction. Sean Hackett from Hackett Financial Advisors thought maybe the market kind of initially overreacted this morning, but a protest is a protest, I guess. And so we'll see if we continue to see any unrest. But as you see, crude oil rallied well off the lows this morning. So maybe yeah. the market knows something we don't. Yeah. And that crude oil market was ready to give it up is, yeah, it is the like way it. that it was acting early. Uh, man, oh, man, it felt like it was it was uh, uh, path of least resistance clearly to the downside. And, and it was a nice upside recovery that we got in there. Yeah. All right, Michelle, let's get to the news. What do you got? Well, starting off with wheat export inspections in the week ending November 24th, totaled just under 199,000 metric tons. That was on the low end of trade expectations. Traders continue to search for export demand, but most expect the demand to be filled with supplies out of Russia and Ukraine for the near term anyway. The U.S. dollar index was solidly lower in the overnight session, then erased losses and rallied more than 1,000 points from session lows to anchor wheat prices. March SRW wheat futures posted the lowest close since August 18th, and downside momentum is pointing to a test of support at the day's low of 760 and a quarter. March HRW wheat futures were 17 cents lower on the day at 895. 
March SRW wheat fell 16 and a quarter to 780 and three quarters, with March spring wheat closing at 939 and three quarters, down nine and three quarters cents on the settlement. Yeah, we get the crop progress and condition reports out this afternoon. Last one. Uh, yeah, the, exactly. The last one. Boy, <laughs> it, this could this could be a record-setting kind of fall for the HRW uh, wheat crop condition ratings. No question about yeah, that. Yeah, we were only 32% good to excellent last week. Yeah. So we'll see how we round out the uh, yeah. round out the year. Corn inspected for export in the week ending November 24th. That totaled just over 302,000 metric tons. That was well short of trade expectations. The slow loading pace put corn on the defensive early in the session, and spillover pressure from wheat also limited corn's ability to recover. March corn futures posted a mid-range open, dropped back to test support at Friday's low, though before recovering to post a high-range close. Production concerns in Argentina also helped to keep corn futures in the sideways trading range. It's dry there and there. Corn planting is, I think, about 20% behind. March yeah. corn futures were steady at 671 and a quarter. May slipped a quarter cent to 669 and three quarters. July corn, 664 and a half unchanged on the day. Yeah. Keep waiting for Argentina to catch a break on the production side, but. It, it it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. Yeah, I think I saw, what, 50 million metric ton for soybeans yeah. this morning, or was that corn? I can't remember. I think that's that's probably for soybeans, yeah. Probably soybeans, yes. Yeah. Export inspections of soybeans in the week ending November 24th, those just totaled a little over 2 million metric tons. That was pretty much in line with trade expectations. But USDA also reported this morning a sale of 110,000 metric tons of soybeans for delivery to unknown destinations in this marketing year. Strength in the soy complex was also pulled from the upside recovery in crude oil futures, as we mentioned earlier, and January bean futures gapped lower and opened near session lows before rallying to close high, close high range, excuse me, and above Friday's high to post an upside reversal. So Jan beans closed 21 and a half, 21 cents higher, excuse me, at 14.57 and a quarter. March 20 and a half cents higher, 14.62 and three quarters. July beans at 14.73 and a quarter, closing up 20 and a quarter cents. Big momentum move for the bean market today. Absolutely. And I don't know if we were putting in a little Argentina weather premium there today mm -hmm. as well, but uh, the soybean mill market sure took off. So that might have been part of that story, too. Exactly. March cotton futures opened steady, ticked to the upside, then fell back to post the lowest close since November 2nd. March cotton 123 points lower at 78.95. Live cattle futures uh, were dragged lower by downside chart momentum and recessionary fears. Feb cattle, live cattle closed 45 cents lower at 154. 67 and a half and Jan feeders were at 142 and a half lower at 176.87 and a half. Hog futures were also lower on the day by 375 at 84.75. It felt like maybe that was some of those COVID concerns in China. Absolutely. Good stuff, Michelle. Thank you so much. You we'll bet. talk to you tomorrow. All right, let's bring in Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. Good afternoon, Jack. Hey, how are you doing there, Chip? I'm doing all right, man. The, uh, the grain markets. How how is it that we can start a new week with strong gains in beans, steady corn, and strong losses in wheat? Well, <laughs> I feel like there's different fundamentals going on. Uh, first of all, uh, you mentioned Argentine uh, production problems. Brazil is looking very good, but Argentina not. 
and that might take some of the uh, bearishness out of the Brazil production estimate. And the farmers are uh, remain tight holders of soybeans, uh, supporting soybeans as well. They're also tight holders of corn, and that kept, I think, corn kind of holding steady because uh, uh, the demand news wasn't really that good. Uh, the export inspections were super good for soybeans for the second week in a row. Of course, so of our sales, so that's that's logical. But corn uh, corn export inspections tailed off from last week. That wasn't a good sign. And uh, I think wheat uh, pressure from wheat hurt the corn market as well. And of course, wheat, of course, wheat being pressured by the prices over in Russia, which yeah. are significantly cheaper than ours. Yeah, yeah. And uh, soybean meal, the ability of that market to rally today really helped that bean market out. And crude oil pulling soybean oil to the upside. It, it there were a lot of moving parts in today's market, wasn't there? There sure were. It was really, you know, you had to kind of be with it minute by minute here today yeah. and uh, really made for uh, really made for a complicated type of scenario here. Yep. All right, Jack. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next week. Great. You bet. That's Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. Up next, Tommy Grisafi, Advanced Trading, right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Davis has got the week off, if you were wondering. Uh, he'll be back with us next week, of course. You know, one thing that I should have mentioned when I had Michelle on here is the equity markets are also, eh, I'll call them sharply lower. Down's more. The Dow is down more than 500 points, like 1.5%. S&P 500 down 1.7%. NASDAQ leading the way with losses uh, totaling about 1.73% in that market. All right, Tommy Grisafi, Advanced Trading, Egg Bull Media, and just all-around good guy. How are you, Tommy? I'm doing well, Chip. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, after yeah. Thanksgiving, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be here. How was the break? Uh, the the Thanksgiving break? Yeah. Oh, it was good. I went to Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday, and yeah. our very own Valparaiso High School won the 5A championship. And uh, to see those young men and my daughter's a high school senior cheerleader, 
it was just a real special experience. So uh, I've went to a lot of big games. I just never feel like we lose win at the end. And it was fun to be part. It's fun to win. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Absolutely. You know, I was feeling pretty good about my Cyclone basketball teams, both the men's and the women's over the weekend. They made some great, they, they, they won some great games, uh, made it all the way to the finals. And then, I mean, they even made me stay up late last night. The men's team did. Didn't start until 9 o'clock and couldn't quite get it done in either the men's or the women's championship game. So that was a little disappointing. But it's still a great weekend. Still a great break. Um, spent time with friends and family, and it was, it was uh, yeah, really nice. Really nice. So what do you make of what these markets are doing right now, Tommy? What's the number one thing that you're that you're focused on? Uh, trying to stay out of trouble. And with that, I was still able to get in some today. I uh, mm -hmm. was long wheat. Obviously, I picked the wrong one. I was long uh, a few futures and a bunch of options. And uh, although your risk is limited owning options, you can lose, especially if you buy mm -hmm. enough of them. And uh, I'm not so sure how I feel about that wheat market. I will tell you this, and you would probably have an opinion about this, but is the wheat, the canary in the coal mine to tell you to get get hedged up for 23 and 24. And when you look at the market, obviously no one ever likes to sell the next year out 40 cents lower than where this year is. So, and, and then it's dollars lower than where we've spent time before. But my opinion is, and something I wrote on my notes and I'll read it to you. Wheat, the market had a job to do and it did it. And we can plant wheat all over the world and other small grains. It's corn and beans that feel a little more special, uh, corn being the most special of them all. Not everyone's set up to grow corn. As you know, you've traveled and you speak to people all over the world. You just don't get into corn farming. Some people like South America or uh, as President Trump used to say, getting into growing soybeans bigly. And uh, they are expanding uh, that with all the adjectives uh, I could think of. And so. I'm still not sure how what I asked you when we record that podcast to explain this uh, veg oil trade. And look what bean oil did the last few days. Absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. So before we go right off that corn and beans are done, like wheat is acting, you know, maybe there's something more here. A, a very mixed day. I dislike trading at the end of the year, and I should have taken my own advice. Yeah. You know, on, on that question of is wheat the canary in the coal mine? I, Honest answer, honest to God answer is I have no idea right now with this wheat market. Um, I, you know, when I, I started off with Jack and I said, good grief, solid gains in beans, steady corn, solid losses in wheat. What a way to start the week. And he said, well, they've all got a different set of fundamentals out there right now. And that's true. That's, that's very true. I, I, and I, I, I understand that, but to see the markets as, willing to disconnect from each other as they were as, as they did today in this this type of a market it that does nothing to my confidence in trying to figure out what might happen next in here uh it is a matter of fact the the safe prediction for tomorrow might be the opposite of today with the exception of of corn you know, corn steady, beans lower, wheat higher tomorrow. It that's that just uh, is more uh, more support for what you just said, Tommy. That 
maybe you don't trade at this time of the year. Well, yeah, but the farmer, like I was talking about Tommy, the trader, the yeah. farmer, yeah. The, the, you know, store and ignores worked really well. And probably my friends and coworkers and co-owners of advanced trading are like, tell me he didn't just say on live air store and ignores worked really well last year's, but it worked <laughs> a heck of a lot better than an accumulator double up. Congratulations. You owe us twice the bushels at 410. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some pain out there. Uh, I think there's two type of people out there when it comes to corn and beans, Chip, especially corn. People who sold too early, too much, too little, or too much, too aggressive before the Ukraine war, and they quit selling. And I'm very curious if I could come back on this show in six months and see where that July futures go off. Will we be, because of weather in South America and America, at a much higher price? Will his corn demand dropped off so much in Mexico right now? The uh, Ag Secretary is meeting with Mexico, probably as we're speaking. If that news hasn't already come out, maybe there'll be an announcement this afternoon about corn in Mexico, GMO, non-GMO. And although we've had some incredibly bullish fundamentals, there's not one bullish thing that's out there right now that we don't know about. So yeah. the thing that's going to hurt the producer isn't that uh, Europe had a dry year, that uh, all the things that are known are publicly known. And it's it's not often that we start off at these high levels and go into another big leg of a bull market. It is possible, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had people ask if if it could happen, if that could happen. And I've come to the conclusion that if it does happen, that would mean that the last bull market has ended. And the last bull market ended with six dollar plus corn 14 dollar plus beans and for me to wrap my head around that kind of a concept is a little sketchy but i guess that's that is possible isn't it yeah it is but the 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 risk going into south america when you look at soybeans we have great risk to the upside here for the next few months and then for the next few years, I think we have great risk to the downside. Now, when you factor in what you've taught me about soybean oils and veg oils and different things we talked about uh, mm -hmm. previously, then you're like, well, hold on. You know, there's more going on than the, the old school grain way of thinking. This is a new era. And then I heard you guys speaking earlier, think about this you know, this disruption in Chinese and what's going on in China. Those, mm -hmm. they don't give away... Uh, feel good ribbons over there. If you misbehave, they take care of you old school. Uh, uh, they, they're, they won't but tell their boy. people now behave. So yeah. if the social unrest gets out of control there, that that's very interesting. And as we speak, the Dow's on the low and uh, I think yeah. the markets are taking it serious over there. Yeah. You know, it may be an old school kind of punishment that the communist party is dealing out in China. But if the reports that, that we see on social media and some of the reports in, in some respected news outlets are, are putting out there that, you, you know, uh, COVID visas are being changed because, you know, they carry them on their phone. Well, mm -hmm. they're just being, they're just being changed. Uh, their COVID status is being changed just, you know, at, at, at the whim of the government in order to keep some people out of uh, food lines, in order to keep some people out of their apartments, in order to this, 
is a high-tech attack on citizens is what it feels like, Tommy. I, it's just something that, I, I, again, it leaves me scratching my head. Yeah, and uh, it, I guess, you know, we could say it's their problem, not our problem, but at some point oh. it's going to become our problem. And when crude oil, the one thing I'll say I'm happy about today is that crude oil took the, I call it the Joe Biden trade, where they said they're going to buy it down here. And yep. sure enough, we traded down 225 and we went to up 125. So again, yeah. crude oil uh, saying that uh, it's going to get bought at these levels. But uh, these are some lower levels for commodities in general. And there's only a few commodities that uh, haven't rolled over. I will say this, though. Every time it looks like corn and beans are rolling over, the people who sell those, the professional traders, they're getting smoked on that. Maybe not on the spreads, but on the actual futures. It is very scary to go home short on a spec and think that you're not going to get a headline out of uh, Russia, Ukraine or something or a change in weather. And so there's great risk to both sides right now. And there's all types of people listening who have each type of risk, of course. Yep, absolutely. I want to talk a little bit more about that crude oil trade when we come back and how much of an influence that might have on the ag markets. Tommy Krasafi, Advanced Trading here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. It's time for news of note from Pro Farmer. Ukraine announced a new effort to ship grain to Africa with the U.S., France, U.K., Sweden, Austria, and Canada all committing financial resources to the effort. Ukraine originally proposed the action at the G20 summit, and the Grain from Ukraine effort was formally unveiled over the weekend. Argentina on Friday announced a boost to the exchange rate for U.S. dollars brought in through soy shipments until the end of the year. They are seeking to rev up exports The country's central bank is looking to boost its international currency reserves. Nebraska confirmed high-path avian influenza in a commercial layer flock with 1.8 million birds in Dixon County. Cash cattle prices rose sharply last week as packers were apparently short-bought on needs for this week's full slaughter schedule. Give it a try. Try profarmer.com. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you prevent wildfires. Dude, I've got this. I've been camping since I was five years old. But I am a camping influencer. You know what? I'll bet you five bucks. Assistant Smokey, what is the best way to put out a campfire? To put out a campfire, drown with water, stir, drown again. Then make sure the fire is out cold by feeling with the back of your hand. Wait, really? I'll take the five bucks. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. The Milk Business Conference brings together the most progressive dairy operations. Make sure you're a part of this year's 20th anniversary event at the Paris Las Vegas Hotel and Casino, December 13th through the 15th. Be in the middle of the action with sessions on labor, the water crisis, renewable energy, and more. Together, we can go bold directions as we continue to navigate this ever-evolving industry. View the agenda and register now at MilkBusinessConference.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. AgriTalk. Welcome back. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us this afternoon. We're in the middle of a conversation with today's guest analyst, Tommy Grisafi, Advanced Trading and Ag Bull Media. Before we get back to Tommy, I'll go ahead and recap where the markets closed. March HRW wheat futures, 17 cents lower at 8.95. March SRW fell 16 and a quarter to 7.80 and three quarters. March corn futures steady at 6.71 and a quarter. July corn futures closed at 664 and a half unchanged on the day. Uh, yeah, we're, I got that right. Boy, I question myself, Joe. I shouldn't even question it. You know, that one time I thought I was wrong. January beans, 21 cents higher, 1457 and a quarter. July soybeans closed at 1473 and a quarter, up 20 and one quarter cents. March cotton, 123 points lower, 78.95. February live cattle, 45 cents lower, 154.67 and a half. January feeders, 142 and a half lower, 176.87 and a half. February lean hogs, 375 lower at 84.75. April hogs down 352 and a half to 90.50 on the close. Uh, Tommy Grisafi, advanced trading, is our guest analyst today. Tommy, I, any comment on what happened in the livestock trade today? Are you watching it at all? I, I did. I had a couple of clients who were short some hogs who uh, covered the uh, cattle have been a little bit more subdued. They they always run the risk of having a bad day. But when you look at a longer term chart, there's nothing too scary going on there. Um, I think the the cattle market could use a, a, a cheaper grain market and maybe it's smart enough to look out a year and see that. But uh, Chip, maybe people have just gotten used to dealing with these prices. And so I know there's a nervousness of getting feed covered. And of course, when you look at the drought map, the drought map has a yep. lot to do with uh, what's going on in the cattle industry. Yeah. Yeah. It is as much a weather market as corn has ever been. And Correct. if, if we could somehow get the rains back uh, and get the grass growing again out in cow calf country, out in the plains. And if, if we start, if we start to take some females out of the slot, out of the feed yard and put them in, into the heifer pen, Tommy, holy smokes, man! That I I don't know what's going to happen to that that live cattle market, but I do know it'll be higher before it's lower. Is kind of my take on it, and and mm -hmm. feels like we've got at least one more push coming. Yeah, and although people keep saying we're in a recession. The Dow Jones yeah. isn't very far from all-time highs or even up on the year. It's really the NASDAQ that was hit. So when you look at the overall economy, I'm in, uh, I'm by O'Hare Airport right now at uh, the clearing firm, Cunningham 
plus 500. You visited yep. me once at Cunningham in Chicago and they moved out to the Burbs and yep. they were acquired by plus 500. And I'm looking at this crisscross of highways here and it's, what time is it? It's two o'clock and the highways are packed going north, south, east, west. I mean, it's business as usual for, for as much as you want to watch the TV and say, we're going in a recession, go to a Sam's club, go to a Costco, go to a big box store and just watch those full size ribeyes fly off the shelf. And, yeah. uh, America's still in a good place. There's, you're not going to get real far in life bashing America. Maybe the uh, Nasdaq market got a little ahead of itself and it didn't take these rate increases serious, but uh, America's a good place. We're, we're really, I don't know what type of re recession we're in when Taco Bell's willing to pay $17 an hour to hire anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got that. Okay, as long as we're talking about uh, Taco Bell. Well, not Taco Bell, but the interest <laughs> rates and, and everything. Uh, we got Powell is going to be making some comments at, uh, on Wednesday. Are we? Do you think we get the hawkish Powell that we get in the press briefings or the, the Powell that's a little more dovish in the Fed minutes? Well, they do – they do have a chance to pivot here or flex and say something because he he'll be able to speak Wednesday if that's the date. And then he has to go quiet right. uh, before the next meeting. And I tell you, when you look at short term interest rates, they have so many things are factoring them. I mean, uh, I have a hard time answering your question on what he's going to say because yeah. words matter with him. He could say oh. one word and change the yield in the two year by 0 0.25, 0 0.50 within a few days. And so the what people need to know overall is so although you've heard people talking heads, TV say interest rates have exploded, the 10 years at 375, the 30 years at a low rate, it's the short end of the curve for the next few years that they're trying to extract money out of the system. And I'll tell you, Chip, it's working. I'll tell you one quick story if we have time. Okay. After yeah. that state win football tournament, I got to talk yeah. with a local businessman in Valparaiso, Indiana, who has a huge subdivision starting. And he said, even though he did do a lot to cap his interest rates, by the interest rates going up as fast as they did, as quick as they did, it took $2 million out of his profitability that there's nothing he can do now. And of course, you know, couple of drinks of me. I said, you know, you could have hedged that. He said, you're telling me a year after I go, yeah, that's usually when someone tells you yeah. what you should yeah. have done a year ago. Right. And yeah. so interest rates are extracting money and they're costing people a lot of money. Yeah. Interest rates going up by far can probably be why the crypto market has now become a Ponzi scheme in the sense that everyone said crypto was a place to store cash. You know what? giving the government hundred grand and them giving you four and a half percent. is not a bad deal either. And you know, they'll still be open in two years. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, again, you brought it up. Uh, what do you make of, of what's happening with the FTX and, and crypto? Absolutely. I I've been spending a lot of time uh, watching different YouTube videos and I, I like yeah. Tom Brady, I think his wife's smoking hot, but the fact that Ex. uh, ex-wife now, and yeah. so, you know, Maybe you'll see her on one of those dating apps or something, but she, uh, <laughs> good luck with that. She, uh, well, we'll try. And she, uh, <laughs> when you have people like, I love watching shark tank. When you have people as big a name who were promoting and sponsoring that as large as they were a day before it went broke. I, 
I think what FTX and crypto have taught us is greed is real, kind of like in the Wall Street speech with mm. uh, uh, you know Douglas. greed, Michael yeah. Douglas, and yeah. and that people wanted to make money so bad, and our American stock markets were so pumped up, and there was so much doggone free money in the system that it's a good thing we're extracting this. And now things that are real, like land and a bushel of corn and a building and a hog building, those are real things. There is no fake hog buildings in America. They may be empty sometimes, but they're not fake. And so real things are cool again. That's why the Dow Jones isn't far from all-time highs. And this crypto thing that I very, a year ago today, I was so upset that I had missed this new wealth creation tool. In the end, it was a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. And we're not sure. And I'll tell you this, if we got time for one more story. I yeah. went to the FIA convention in Chicago a week and a half ago. And I went to a standing room only crypto meeting with someone from the CFTC and these crypto traders. And, and the thing is, is the very reason Bitcoin was started was to get away from regulation because right. they felt regulation destroyed the housing market in seven, eight, and nine. And so the very industry that was started to be unregulated was yeah. begging and screaming that very day for regulation. And the irony of it all is the only way they're going to clean up what what coins and products are still viable, maybe blockchains, one of them that's a good payment system abroad. But the 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 they're screaming for regulation. Now, the funny thing is, and someone remind me today, not one Federal Reserve is going to bail out a crypto company. So we had another one file for bankruptcy right. today. Yep. I want to say they were Bitco or something and uh, that no one's going to bail them out. So what's so scary about what's happening there is we have a three trillion dollar industry that's now under a trillion that's closer to seven hundred and fifty billion and that money just disappeared and so money was looking for a home and the fed raising rates destroyed the ponzi scheme and they're probably happy about it yeah yeah wow it it is it, it's all amazing fascinating to watch uh yeah okay let's talk something real okay uh well something that's going to be real at some point in the not too distant future and that is 23 crop corn and soybeans when you're talking with, with with producers about what to do with 23 crop, what does it sound like? Um, it sounds like they still have a fair amount of 22 that they're undecided of what's happening. Uh, they because America was so out of grain in general, all sipes, shapes, sizes of everything, like bins were empty, and uh, it sounds like they're dealing with 22. And when you move to 23, we're constantly having the conversation that you don't have crop insurance yet. We have to, there's a couple of key things to remember. We need to get through South American weather. Yep. We need to get through how we come into in the spring and we need to get prepared for either a, a push up into the spring or a push down. My fear is I'm not saying we're going to go down, but if we go down, this could look like when the 12 bull market ended, we went into 13 and then we went into a lower price cycle for five, six years. And we, you know, once will it be like, Oh yeah, once corn went below $6, we didn't go above six for four more years. I hope that's not the scenario, but it's going to cost a lot to produce these bushels. So 23 is a little scary, 24 is real scary 565 
24 corn futures. And that number probably won't work with how much land prices went up, cash rents, seed companies, insurance, everything else, everything's gotten expensive. So I kind of thought when things inflate, they could make them deflate quickly. When real prices go up, when minimum wage goes up from 10 to 15, they don't lower it back down to 10 when times get tough. And so the American farmer, the world farmer, has been reintroduced to high prices for multiple years. And I'm scared looking forward. So I think risk management is going to become uh, prudent and talked about again as we go into winter meeting season. And there's things yep. you can do. I, I like being yep. I like being okay, a little buddy. sold and a little protected. Thanks, Chip. Thanks, Tommy. We'll talk to you later. Advanced trading. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. Block buy, block buy. Uh, that would be the latest crypto to go bankrupt, according to social media. I'm basing that completely on social media, so I don't know if it's 100% right or not, but that's uh, based on the number of hits that I got on my BlockFi search. Uh, It would certainly indicate that, yeah, BlockFi is the crypto that was the next domino to fall, and there may be more to follow that as well. Carry Artec, Artec Advisory is our chart watcher. We've got him on every Monday afternoon. He joins us right now. How you doing, Kerry? Doing great, Chip. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. You bet. All right, just go over to artechadvisory.com. That's A-R-T-A-C, advisory.com, and Kerry will get you started on a two-week free trial. Start us off with March corn. What do you got? Yeah, March corn uh, closed today, 671 and a quarter. It sort of inherits a sell signal that played out in the previous uh, December 22 contract from okay. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, March corn remains heavy below 677 and three quarter, a three to five week sell signal in play. There hasn't been any follow through in the week and a half or so since the sell signal, but these things can delay uh, and holding below 677 and three quarter, 625 even remains a three to five week downside target. That is the start of kind of a wide zone of long-term support down to 611 even. That 611 even to 625 half region, able to contain selling into next spring. And from there, the broader corn market can turn higher following a test of that lower area. 
inversely, if we settle back above 677 and three quarter, that is a rejection of a three to five week sell signal. And in essence, a valid sign of strength as we continue into later December. So closing above 677 and three quarter, I have 717 half then as a three to five week target. That is a March contract channel top that can contain monthly buying pressures when tested. So let's say through January, perhaps. And even if we were to close above 717 half, we haven't far to reach before reaching a weekly resistance area on the weekly chart that goes back a couple of years at 750 even. And you could also say that the 717 half level is the start of a wide zone of long-term resistance up to 750 even that can contain buying on the broader market uh, into possibly through next spring. It does not become an objective though, once again, unless we close okay. above 677 and three quarter, and then it's a three to five week target. Until then, we're heavy into later December below 677 and three quarter. On okay. to March wheat. The broader wheat market has had a long-term rising two-thirds speed line projected off the 2015 low that actually contained selling pressures almost to the very tick in August when we broke, and now we're reapproaching it. So March wheat closed at 780 and three-quarter. That long-term speed line is at 756 even and rising about a penny a week, 756 even if tested over the next week or two, and it is expected to be tested over the next few weeks, holding below 867 half, 756 even able to contain selling through winter, possibly into next summer. It's such a long-term speed line. Uh, and uh, we could stabilize and turn higher once tev testing 756 even. But if we were to close any week below 756 even, this market enters another secondary phase of longer-term weakness, 693 even than expected within a month or two. And over the following three to five months, 592 even, a target below 756 even. But we haven't closed below 756 even. It's good bottom-picking territory longer term. Upside, 867 half, as I mentioned, able to contain weekly buying pressures and below which 756 even remains a two to three week target. But if we close above 867 half, then we have a three to five week target upside 969 even. 969 even, meaningful longer term resistance for the March contract, able to contain buying into its expiration. And finally, February lean hogs. This market's been weak the last few days, closed yep. 8475 today. There's a pretty good floor of support at 83.60 on the weekly chart that can contain selling through January and into February expiration. And once tested, we can stabilize and even rally back into the 93 handle within a month or two of testing 83.60. 93.35 is a meaningful resistance area that could contain buying into February expiration. But if we were to close below 83.60 on Friday, we enter a one to two month sell signal down to the 73.20 to 76.82 region. That's a zone of support we tested in October, came off it nicely, still able to contain selling into next spring. And we're not expecting it unless we close this week, Friday, below 83.60. That 73.20 to 76.82 region, once again, able to contain selling into next spring. And that is really all I have today, Chip, for those right. three. Yeah, very good, Kerry. Just a short-term observation on the lean hogs. Boy, they yes. slashed right through the 40-day moving average today, accelerated the move to the downside. I'm not saying that that guarantees that we're going to spend time, an extended period of time below the 40-day moving average, but the last two times we've made the move through that that momentum indicator, uh -huh. yeah, we've spent some time below the 40-day. We've spent I some agree. time above uh, the 40-day. 
we also uh, we we nailed and we settled below a meaningful channel bottom as well in the daily chart yeah. in the 85 handle. So, but I can't ignore 8360. It's pretty classic channel yeah. bottom, and I'm not really bearish lean hogs into January unless we close below 8360. Until then, I just think it might sneak out a longer term low at 8360. We can rally back into the 93 yeah. handle by the end of January. Yep. All right. All right. Great stuff, Kerry. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, sir. You have a great All day. All right. That's Kerry Artak, Artak Advisory. Com. Check it out. Uh, National Weather Service 6 to 10 day outlook. This is for December 4th through the 8th. We've got below normal temperatures expected over much of the Midwest, northern Illinois, northern Missouri, northern Kansas, and points to the north and west of that. We've got above normal precipitation expected over much of the Midwest as well. The greatest odds of above normal precipitation there in the Ohio River Valley. When we look at the 8 to 14 day for December 6th through the 12th, the below normal temperatures stick around in the Midwest, although the odds of below normal are diminishing at that point. And then the precipitation moves out. We've got below normal precipitation expectations in the upper Midwest, uh, near normal precip expectations in the western corn belt thanks for listening today tomorrow morning elizabeth burns thompson from the navigator co2 pipeline and brett waltz giving us an update on on the weather tomorrow afternoon jim mccormick eggmarket.net